Did I mute it? Son of a... Welcome to Toadstools and Garlic Cloves. I am your host, Dorothy, joined monthly by my co-host, Samantha, and I invite you to join us as we hunt down cryptids, explore the paranormal, and dive into lore from around the globe. So sit back and relax as I lead you on a weekly adventure of this strange and creepy world that we call home. So I totally did my introduction with this thing muted. And I was like, why isn't it going up and down and up and down doing my own? Welcome to episode four. I hope you enjoyed episode three where I was joined by my monthly co-host, Sammy. Um, and we talked about Romania. I hope everyone's staying safe out there. And let's just jump right into it. So where in the world are we today? We are in a Canadian province, Nova Scotia, which I 100% plan on visiting one day, hopefully soon, maybe next year, if there is a next year, the way that 2020 is going. (laughs) But Nova Scotia is a province in eastern Canada. It's a maritime province, and it means New Scotland in Latin, which if you already don't know or if you already know things about me from these last three episodes, you'll know that the next episode after this one is going to be about Scotland because that's just how my brain works. <laughs> Nova Scotia is the largest Scottish Gaelic speaking community outside of Scotland. And I was looking up facts about Canada, Nova Scotia, literally any ghost stories or hauntings or cryptids or anything like that. And doing so, I ran across a lot of photos and they have some, so their education system, I know this is totally random and doesn't have anything to do with maritime ghost stories or things like that. Um, But they, their education system, they have a ministry of education. And I was like, ministry of education. It's very Harry Potter-esque. And it made me wonder about how, like, other education places are called. Because, I mean, here we have just the education system. So, you know, not exciting. (laughs) But let's see. What do I have for you today? I have one, two, three, four, five, six stories. Now, I wasn't really able to get that much stuff um, on Nova Scotia, it was a little bit of, here's a ghost here, and here's a ghost there, and maybe there's a cryptid over here, and things like that, but we'll just dive right into it. Honestly, the history of some of these places was actually more fascinating than the ghost stories, um, so if you don't already know already... Or if you know Nova Scotia, you know I'm going to talk about the Five Fishermen's Restaurant. Now, this is very famous, and it's very famous because, you know, it's located in Halifax. It is one of the oldest buildings in Canada, and it has been a restaurant since 1975. And yes, I looked up the food (laughs) that they serve. And everything sounds so good. It's like being back in Ireland and reading those, like, maritime restaurants, um, menus. Wow. 
that took me a long time to say. Um, but it is expensive. So it was more like a seafood steak and oyster joint. It is one of the oldest buildings in Canada. And in the 1800s, it was the first free public school in Canada for boys and girls. And then it was turned into an art school by writer and educator Anna Leowens, which apparently her memoirs of the English governess in the Siamese court is basically where they um, got the movie The King and I and based it off of her life, which I didn't know was an actual thing. So I love The King and I. It's a good movie. I didn't know it was actually based off of someone's life, like very small amount based, but it was still like the premise is based off of her life. I just thought it was really cool. And then in the 1900s, it was turned into Snow and Company Undertaker Mortuary and Funeral Home. And it housed the dead from the Titanic because apparently this was the closest place to um, the sinking of the Titanic. And then, most famous, the Halifax Explosion which was a maritime disaster, and it was the biggest man-made explosion in history before the atomic bomb, and it left 1,600 people dead and over 9,000 injured, and this was because a munitions ship exploded in the harbor. And, I mean, that is some extreme history. I feel like I'm just going to be talking about the history of Nova Scotia through this entire thing, because the only thing I could find on ghost stories there was that there's mysterious whispers as opposed to, I guess, catty whispers. I don't know. Maybe the mysterious whispers are catty also. But there's mysterious whispers. Glasses come flying off the shelves. And there's apparitions in period-appropriate attire. And then there's random knocking. And that's it. Like, there's nothing sinister going on. That's also what I found, is that there wasn't really any sinister or apparitions that did anything. Um, they didn't interact with the public, really. Uh, so I guess, you know, you know, Nova Scotia just has nice ghosts. And now we're done with the Five Fisherman restaurant. <laughs> And we're going to get going to Walsk Paranormal Park. It is now a green space, which is what they call their parks, apparently. And it was once home to the Proven Provincial Lunatic Asylum from 1835 to 1985, which is a very, very long time. And I was like thinking, you know, oh, asylum, I'll get a lot of stuff on this. Well, no. <laughs> I did not get a lot of stuff on this because apparently this asylum was the first mental health facility in Canada and it went by many names, which includes the NS, Mount Hope, and the Provincial Lunatic Asylum. But they passed the Act for Management, I'm quoting this, Act for Management of the Hospital for the Insane in 1858, which called for the importance of providing humane treatment for the mentally ill. So, unlike some other 
asylums across the world and in the United States and, again, everywhere in the world, really. They're, they didn't, they weren't known for their harsh treatments of their inmates, which is really, really good. Of course, during that time, some of the things that they would do would be considered torture, but mostly what they did was the restraints, hot and cold baths, and isolation. It once, like, it wasn't known for overcrowding. It once housed over a little over 1,697 patients, which isn't a lot for how big the place was. And in the 1990s, the patients that were still there were moved to another facility. And I can't figure out if the entire building was demolished in 1999 or only part of it, because it looks like you can still go to one of the clinics there because it is still a mental health facility in that area. But on that green space, there are reports of crying babies, electronics that malfunction, a mysterious mist, and feelings of dread. And the reason why people say that this is still happening there isn't because of the mistreatment of the people, but it's because if you have so many patients that are coming in that have a disturbance, like it's just a disturbance that, actually, you know what? Shoot, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> it's more like, oh, I didn't write it down. They said that to so many people coming in who are mentally ill, it just has an effect on the environment around it. And that's why there's hauntings and, oh my God, I almost broke my microphone. I hit it. Um, or no, I hit the pop thingy, the little thing in front of the microphone to, to help with the peds. Oh God, I don't know what's happening anymore. Where am I? That was it. That's all I got on the Paranormal Park one. Oh look, we're only at 11 minutes and about 10 of them are going to be taken out. Whew. This is going to be a really short episode, which I'm fine with. I like my solo ones to be a little bit shorter. It's like bite-sized episodes you can listen to while you're commuting or something. So let's see, what's our next one? There's the Headless Nun ghost story. Um, apparently in northern New Brunswick in the mid-1700s, a nun by the name of Sister Marie Inconu lost her head to pirates because she refused to tell them where a treasure was buried on the island, which is freaking badass if you uh, ask me. I can just imagine her being like, no, I'm not going to tell you. And they're just like, ta damn it, Fred, why do you cut off her head? Now we definitely won't know where the treasure is. Oh, sorry. I don't know. That's kind of like how I saw it. It's like, oh, that sucks. But apparently no one ever found the head. And that's why her ghost is there. It's headless and it's in constant search of her head. And she haunts the area of French Fort Cove. Okay. Going on to another ghost story. We are going to talk about Seal Island. So this is in southwestern Nova Scotia. And it is home to one of the oldest wooden lighthouses in Canada. And Seal Island has an unusually high rate of shipwrecks. Before two families 
settled on the island in 1823, the Hitchersons and the Colwells. Most survivors would either starve to death on the island or freeze to death. So, in 1823, these two families settled on the island, used it as a fishing base, and basically to shelter all the survivors of the shipwrecks that was still happening, even with the lighthouse on it. But before doing that, there was a tradition that every spring the preachers and the residents from the mainland would actually go to the island and bury the dead. And then... In 1823, they're just like, hey, maybe we should build a lighthouse. Apparently that didn't really work. There was still a ton of shipwrecks. And then my question is, why are people keep on, on like going out that area during these seasons that they know all the shipwrecks happen? I don't know why. But apparently it just every year, a couple shipwrecks, it's totally fine. Normal days and years in the neighborhood, apparently. But apparently there is only one ghost there, which I find surprising. Um, and her name is Annie and she died in 1891. She was a stewardess on a steamer, the SS Ottawa, that sank. Uh, she actually didn't die in the sinking of the boat. Her and a few others were able to escape they were in a lifeboat, and the waves were extremely rough, and it was nighttime, and the lifeboat capsized a couple times in the rough waters. She ended up dying. They buried her on the island, and the coffin was disinterred years later, and legend states that there was actually evidence that she was buried alive. So that might be why she's a ghost. Maybe she was buried alive, but... What you can see about her is that her ghost is seen wandering the churchyard at night. And that's it. That's all it does. Like I said, the ghosts here are really nice. They don't really interact with you. There isn't much interaction of anything, really. So we're actually going to move on out of the ghost stories and get into the cryptids. So as I was looking this up, as you know, I live in Vermont. And, of course, we have our maritime monster, Champ, that lives in Lake Champlain. But because, apparently, I can't remember anything, I forgot Champ's name, and I was like, is it Wilbur, maybe? <laughs> so now Champ's name is Wilbur in my mind, which I feel like is a better name, to be honest. But Champ slash Wilbur. <laughs> um, so there is a maritime monster near Nova Scotia. And it's not Champ and it's not Wilbur. I don't actually think it has a name. Maybe I will call this one Wilbur. Okay. So the maritime monster in Nova Scotia is now named Wilbur. Because I deem it so. <laughs> Um, so over 150 years of reports of sea monsters uh, have been reported in different coastal areas around Nova Scotia, which the last reported sighting was actually in 2003, which is very, I mean, what is that? 16, 17 years ago, a local, local fisherman thought his boat hit a log when a creature with a snake-like body that was about eight meters long 
which is around 26 feet, uh, emerged. And he was like, yeah, that's not a freaking log. Nor is it a whale, because everyone's thinking that there are whales also. But apparently it was brownish and smooth creature with a snake-like body and horse-headed. So, of course, I want to try to find more information about this creature. And this is what I was honestly running into a lot, was that I could find one website and then maybe another one that said the exact same thing. But I couldn't find too many reports of the same thing. Hence why there's like six little mini stories instead. I went on a researching spree and I came up with the Cape Sable Serpent, which actually is a little bit different than the other report where they said the creature had a snake-like body, was brownish and smooth and horse-headed. Well, the Cable, Cable Sable, no, no, the Cape Sable Serpent, aka Wilbur, because I said so, is over 50 feet in length, boar-headed, sharp teeth, neck between 15 and 16 feet in length, body covered in green fur, also barnacled covered, stock-eyed, tusked, and people thought it was a whale from far away. So that's a lot to take in. It's barnacle covered, but also has green skin. It has a boar head, but also has a horse head. It had stock eyes and it was tusked. I was like, ah, guys, honestly, whatever you're taking, I want to be on because holy shit. <laughs> um, but that was it. That's all I could find. Like, it wasn't, uh, it didn't attack anyone. It didn't eat anyone. It would just be there and then disappear. So it'd be there, scare people, and then disappear. And that is honestly all I got on that. And then we have one more. I don't know why I sighed. I like doing this. We're only at 20 minutes. This makes me sad. This is going to be a super short one. Ugh. I'm just going to talk randomly. Random talking. Enter here. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. The next one we have is another cryptid. It is this uh, green skin demon of Nova Scotia. Now. Everyone thinks this was actually the Dover Demon. 20 some odd years later. But I guess, you know, the Dover Demon has the right to go on vacation. And if anyone doesn't know what the Dover Demon is, it was a creature that was sighted in Massachusetts. It was seen between April 21st and April 22nd in 1977 and had rosy orange skin, a large head, a stick-like body, and glowing eyes. And that's what the Dover demon looked like. Well, the green-skinned demon of Nova Scotia, obviously they say it had green skin. Well, it was also at night that people were seeing it. So you never know. Sometimes if it's a darker orange skin, that could maybe look a little bit darker in the nighttime. Um, this one leapt tree from tree, shrieking like a banshee, which I'll get into banshees one day. If you don't know what they are, just look them up. They're really scary looking and creepy. Where was I? So it leapt from tree to tree, shrieking, and it was four feet tall. 
and it radiated the feeling of pure evil. It had glowing yellow eyes, and it looked amphibious and dark green with long fingers clawed and webbed. Now, reports say that the green-skinned demon of Nova Scotia was actually more muscular, more, like, just, like, thick, um, than the Dover demon. So, I don't know if it was just, like, hey, cousin to the Dover demon? Maybe? I don't know. I have my opinion on the Dover demon being a alien, because it was only seen between April 21st and April 22nd, and it was traveling, so I'm thinking that it was an alien that just crash-landed, um, and just had to travel to another point. And maybe that was the same thing about the green-skinned demon. It was just like, ah, I crash-landed here, let's go scare some people. Aliens, they exist. That is all. <laughs> no, honestly, though, that is all. That is all I could find on Nova Scotia that I wanted to talk about. I know that there were some other things. There was, like, some one-offs of, hey, this hospital is haunted with a ghost, or this green area is haunted by a ghost, or this university is haunted by a ghost. Honestly, I didn't really strike gold looking for um, places in Nova Scotia, which isn't a bad thing. I'm pretty sure that any place that isn't super haunted is a good place. I guess we're done with this episode? Next week, I'm going to be talking about Scotland, and I feel like Scotland's going to be a lot bigger because, yes, I will be talking about Nessie. Let's see what else. Enjoy the smaller episode, the bite-sized episode of toadstools and garlic cloves. <laughs> uh, where can you find us? You can find us here. I will be putting us on iTunes, hopefully, last week. <laughs> and I am on Spotify. I am on Radio Public. And hopefully iTunes. And I'll see if I can get anything else set up while we're at it. And also, you can say hello to us on Instagram at toadstools and garlic cloves, or you can just um, send us an email, toadstools and garlic cloves at gmail.com. And as always, if you want to be on the podcast, go ahead and send me a DM through the Instagram and we can do an episode together. That's always out there. Just anyone who wants to do one, I will totally be down to just, you know, Skype record that shit which is how Sammy and I actually do our episodes. So, until then, goodbye. <laughs>